and welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. I am joined today by um, my friend, Dub Oliver, who is the, what number president of Union? 16th. The 16th president of Union University. Uh, Dub, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be with you. Um, we've had all the other uh, educational facilities on so far, and I wanted to save... Uh, in my opinion, the best for last, uh, my alma mater, Union University, to come on. And so uh, I'm excited for this today. Well, it's, it, it's great to be here. And I'm thankful you've had the, the other presidents on. We're good friends and um, ha- have enjoyed our work together over these last 18 months. One of the things I would love to do is to do a joint podcast with all of you guys. Um, that would be a lot of fun. I someone said that it would. They're not sure they could keep it under <laughs> control, but um, it'd be a lot of fun. So, so Dub, you are 18 months into your term as the 16th president of Union University. Um, we know that we know that you're the president of Union, but we probably don't know a whole lot else. Um, and some of us know that you came from Texas, but. Uh, Give us a give us an intro on who Dub Oliver is. Sure, some uh, quick facts. Like we have thirty minutes, right? <laughs> sure, to give, give or take, we can break it into two if we need to. Quick facts: I was uh, born in San Antonio, born and raised in San Antonio, San Antonio Texas. Uh, did my undergraduate work at Baylor, mm-hmm. and uh, after uh, I completed my undergraduate work, I was in the Air Force, United States Air Force. Thank and you. And I was uh, yes, my pleasure. Uh, stationed at Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth. Uh, which is where I met my wife, Susie. Mm-hmm. Susie's originally from Kentucky, but okay. had moved to Fort Worth. Her sister and cousin uh, went to seminary uh, at mm-hmm. Southwestern in Fort Worth. And so after she graduated college, she wanted to to move somewhere away from home. And of course, her sister and cousin were there, so it was a good place for her to go. And mm-hmm. uh, we met there in Fort Worth and mm-hmm. fell in love and um, got married. After I was in the Air Force, I taught third grade. Um, oh. That's sort of an interesting fact about really? me. Really? I see. I didn't know that. A lot of people don't know. And How uh, long did you teach third grade? I just did it for a short time. I finished a year mm-hmm. um, after I got out of the, the Air Force. Um, they created a class. It's interesting. Uh, it's a longer story, so I'll just do the short version of it because it's kind of funny. But the, the Fort Worth ISD was under a state mandate to get their class sizes down okay. to, to under, 20, under 21 to 1. And they were they had been denied a waiver, and so mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. It, this I started on April first, but on April first of that year, there were three classes, third grade classes created, and I was one that was created at this school. And so they told the other, the three other third grade teachers at my school, pick six or seven children <laughs> from your class to give Mr. Oliver. Yeah. So that's why you only taught for a right. Year. <laughs> <laughs> it was plenty. Um, Anyway, and you know, they said, "Now we told them not to give their their challenging children to yeah. you." Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure you did tell them yeah. that. <laughs> anyway, so the, after that, uh, we went to graduate school, married in uh, 1989, and moved to to College Station, where I went to graduate school at, at uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Okay. And so you were trying to complete the circuit of large colleges in Texas. I, I was. I was. <laughs> when I was in the Air Force, I took a couple classes at TCU, so I got a little okay. little that in there too. Uh, that was the old Southwest Conference days, but mm-hmm. um, um, anyway, um, worked. Then I worked at Texas A&M. The um, position that's where I got my had my first professional position was at Texas A&M, okay. and um, 
then I went to Baylor, mm-hmm. um, a job Back open. Back to Baylor. Uh, yeah, a job open up there. So I was able to serve there, which was exciting for me. And then mm-hmm. we were there 17 years, and I had um, lots of opportunities there. Just kept getting promoted and having new opportunities. And the last four years I was there, I was served as the vice president for student life. Okay. When did you get your doctorate? I got my doctorate uh, as I was working at Baylor. Okay. So I went to school part-time at Texas A&M. Okay. So through those years, I was able to do that. So your doctor is actually from A&M. Right. But right. you cheer for the Baylor Bears? I actually cheer for both. You know, okay. now, that, now that A&M's in the SEC, mm-hmm. I can, I can cheer can, for A&M too. Okay, gotcha. So you never touched <laughs> the UT system then? No. Okay. No. no. Uh, as, as we say... Um, Sick 'em or gig 'em, but never hook 'em. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I do prefer, much prefer, and I'm sure people will be mad at me, the Texas orange over the volunteer orange. Well, um, no, I'm not going to touch that, Kevin. <laughs> I am uh, not going to touch you that. You can send hate mail to 541 <laughs> Wiley Parker Road. Just address it to Kevin. Um, so the uh, so so you were at Baylor for 17 years yeah. um, and worked your way up to vice president of student life. I can't imagine student life at an organization because how many students are at Baylor or were at Baylor at that time? About fourteen thousand. That's a lot that's of a, students to provide students. Um, activities for. Yeah, it was it was a challenging position, uh, no doubt, and and uh, we were really thriving there. It was great. It was kind of um, it was what I had in my mind as my terminal professional mm-hmm. position. You know, mm-hmm. like if if I ever got to that position, I would yeah. stay until I retired. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and you know the the Lord just got a hold of me and um, made it really clear that He wanted me to to be the president of East Texas Baptist University, and um, so we, we you know we were very happy at Baylor, but um, the Lord opened a door for us to ETBU, and it was really clear, and so we went uh, to be president at ETBU. So who who? Who makes that phone call? Like, do you call them? Do they call you? Like, in that situation, because because you kind of felt like you that's where you were supposed to, like, where you kind of yeah. were at, and that's what you wanted to do. How did that, how did that happen? Well, I tell people I had the perfect life. You know, that was mm-hmm. what, uh, we had built a house on campus at Baylor. On campus? On campus, That's yeah. interesting, okay. Uh, we literally lived on the campus. That's pretty um, cool. Our, we had built our dream home, you know, had my dream job. Susie had her dream job. You know, Callie was flourishing. It was, uh, I it was pastoring a church by vocationally. Yeah, it was just like, you know, perfect. I mean, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, what, what happened was the... I. You know, working in student life, I was always challenging students to to courageously pursue what God called them to. You know, mm-hmm. and and of course on Sundays I'd sing wherever He leads, I'll go, and <laughs> which are always dangerous words. <laughs> right, that's right, that's right. And just as much as we we shouldn't lie with our words, we also shouldn't lie with our songs. Right, music ministers, if you're listening out there, <laughs> that's a good that's a good thing to remember. And so, you know, the the Lord just kind of got a hold of me about, you know, you're really good at at pushing students and having conversations with young professionals about this, but but this is really is not true of you. And I wrestled with the Lord about that for for several months, and then finally, I, I just I realized that I needed to repent, and that, mm-hmm. that in many ways I'd made I'd made Baylor an idol in my life, mm-hmm. and. And so I just prayed, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I ask your forgiveness. I don't want to live this way. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to, you know, serve the way you want me to serve. Whatever that is, I'll do it. I promise yeah. I'll do it, you know. 
that was like a Thursday. On Monday, I got a call. <laughs> <laughs> so in my life, yeah. uh, the Lord is very quick <laughs> so that it will be clear. Yeah. So Monday, I got a call um, from the chair of the board at ETBU, and and they had they uh, their president had just announced he was going to retire, and uh, you know would, would I consider it? And uh, and I'd like to say I was spiritually mature enough to immediately say yes, but I really struggled with it because I did have life the perfect, perfect life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but through through a couple of months of of discussion and discerning, it was really clear that's where we needed to be, and so. We said yes to a college presidency. The first one. The first one, right. And then we were so happy there. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I guess maybe the moral of the story is don't be happy. Is that could well, that be? It's almost like you're saying the grass is greener on the other side. You know, it's it's <laughs> uh, yeah, it uh, even with union, you know, um, part of what uh, and and a few people have heard me tell the story, but um, Dr. Dockery was actually the first person who contacted me about the union opening. Oh, really? Okay. And um, it was interesting because we had become friends um, actually through the tornado. Oh. Uh, when the tornado came through in 2008, I was VP, the vice president at Baylor, and I was the point person for Baylor okay. on the tornado response. I was, that I was in that tornado. So, yeah. yeah. So inadvertently, we were connected we, even then. How about that? So we, you remember this. I mean, we at Baylor, we connected, get, collected gift cards for students mm-hmm. and, you know. Um, I remember some sort of art on our walls. I don't, maybe I'm making that up, but. There, there were lots of different mm-hmm. expressions um, um, that time. And so, you know, um, Dr. Dockery, you know, was um, sending letters to the people who were supporting them. And so I was mm-hmm. getting those um, for Baylor. Um and then when I went to be president at ETBU, of course, we met at presidential meetings, mm-hmm. and I'd invited him out to ETBU. It would be really, I love just the phrase presidential meetings. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, we'll keep uh, going. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine like 450 college presidents and all those egos in one room. It's, be... it's a pretty big room. <laughs> um but anyway, we got we had got gotten to become friends, and and I had him out to ETBU to do some faculty development with mm-hmm. us, and and again our friendship had just grown, and so he sends this note that says, um, you know, dear Dub, I really respect your work. You're a great leader in Christian higher education. Thankful for our friendship. Blah blah. blah. The profiles just come out. I think you ought to consider this. Wow. You know? And so I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Now I always am quick to say, you know. David knows thousands of people, so I mean, yeah. he could have mail merged that to literally <laughs> the whole Rolodex. Thousands, yeah. <laughs> but still, you know, I got it. I was in, I was in the list, yeah. no matter how lo- how large the list was. And I was just, oh, that's sweet. Delete, you know, because we were really happy. Yeah, life was perfect. Life was life was great. <laughs> and and I had a meeting with the provost at ETBU at the time, a woman named Sherilyn Emberton. She's now president at Huntington in Indiana, and. Mm-hmm. At the end of the meeting, she says, hey, can I ask you something? I said, sure. She said, uh, I got a call from a friend at Union wondering if you'd be interested in the presidency there. And I said, oh, that's so funny you say that because I just got an email from David. And she's like, oh, it's a great job. I was like, well, no doubt about that. And she's like, so you'd be interested? And I said, no. <laughs> Sherilyn, who would be dumb enough to follow David Dockery? And leave Texas. And leave Texas. I was like, you have to be stupid. I mean, the guy's a legend. Yeah. He is a living legend. He's written all those books. I mean, everybody's seen what's happened at Union. Yeah. No, you follow the guy who follows the guy. 
Well, now we know the answer to the question about who's dumb enough to follow David Dockery. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, well, I, I, I'm friends with a couple uh, with one of the members of the board at Union, and I was really curious during the interview process. I was like, "Who's this guy?" Like, and he he was just very complimentary. Like, as soon as they had one meeting with you, that it was it was done, and so. Um, and I've been very impressed with you. Uh, we just completed Leadership Jackson together, um, which one I was like, there's a college president in Leadership Jackson. And I think that shows a lot of humility on your part to say, I need to learn about this community. And so I think the city of Jackson will be better for that. Um, you also mentioned briefly that you had done some bi- bivocational pastoring. Sure. So that's that's been a component of your life as well? It has. Um, I went on a mission trip with students in 2003 to Armenia. Uh, locate that on the map, everybody. Um, I just all uh, the theology nerd in me just starts thinking about Armenianism. <laughs> yeah, different, different, different. place, okay. different place. Um, um, but it is um, it's east of Turkey mm. and north of Iran. Okay. Um, and so it's just this it's sort of landlocked little country between uh, the former Soviet bloc and. Um, the Middle East, so it's a really, really challenging place, but a country that, that declared Christianity as, as its official religion in um, about 400 in the fourth, uh, f- oh, okay. right at the end of the, the fourth century. And so, um, anyway, when I came back, sort of the, um, you know, um, what I'd prayed was, Lord, help me to understand what you want me to do, and I really felt like that the Lord was saying, I want you to be available to, to preach, because I had an opportunity to preach when we were on the mission trip. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is while you were at Baylor, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. So, 2003, before I was VP, and um, I got this. I got I, basically nothing happened, and so you know, I, I went to the Lord and was like, Lord, you know, I can help you. I know some people. I could tell them that, you know, you want me to do this. And then you know, the Lord was just real clear. I don't want you to do a thing because if if you don't do anything, then whatever opportunity you have, you know, will come from me. Mm. It's like, okay, that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I got got a couple of invitations to do stuff, you know, like three months apart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay. And then one day, one Friday, I got a call from a friend who's like, hey, I don't know if you ever do this, but my granddad's church um, really needs somebody this Sunday. Is If there's any way you could go out there and and preach on Sunday, that'd be great. And so I was like, absolutely, you know, I'll go. So I went Sunday, Sunday morning, they said, hey, can you come back tonight? And I was like, sure. Went back Sunday night, they said, could you come back next Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, about about a month later, they said, could you, would you be willing to stay with us Mm -hmm. a little while? And I said, you know, sure, I'd be glad to until you find someone. And um, about six years later, I left <laughs> when we moved to, to Marshall, but it was an uh, incredible experience. Love doing that. That's pretty neat. Um, and they, they uh, that church, uh, Canaan Baptist Church in Crawford, licensed me and ordained me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just so such a good, good um, time for us um, mm-hmm. and such a good experience. And so I've had the opportunity um, as well to, uh, of course, preach and yeah. congregations around. And it's one of those things where, looking back, I mean, I don't know if they could make a, a president of yeah. the union that wasn't a preacher. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. qualifications That's, that you wouldn't think about, but... But it certainly helps. I had a uh, one of the presidents I worked for at Baylor really didn't like it. You know, he's like, you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's like, why don't you like it? And he's like, you know, I want you to be singularly devoted to Baylor. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, 
you know, the reality is um, that I'm a much better vice president then. I'm a much better president now if I'm spending time in God's word. And so um, if you if you preach and aren't in God's word, you don't really have anything to say. Mm. And so it kept me in God's word. And so that was mm. really good and continues, you know, of course, to, to be so, be true today. Yeah. All right. Real briefly, tell me about your family. Yeah. Married to Susie. So as I mentioned, Susie's from Hazard, Kentucky in Eastern Kentucky. So that's a um, wait. There's a county called Hazard, Kentucky. It's actually Perry County. Perry County. Okay. But uh, the town is Hazard. That sounds like the most fun place on earth. <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic. Well, I don't know if most fun place. It is, it is a, it is a pretty cool place. Um, uh, it's up in the Appalachian mountains, uh, right where West Virginia, Virginia and Kentucky come together. They're kind of in that okay. point in Eastern Kentucky a coal mining town, so it's had some really difficult um, struggles with poverty. In fact, it's sort of um, known for being the place where both President Kennedy um, kicked off the war on um, poverty Hmm. and um, President Clinton went back there, I guess that was like, what, 40, 50 years later, Hmm. um, to to re-energize that effort. Gotcha. Um, because of the poverty there, um, but anyway, it, it is a, a it's beautiful, particularly in the summers. You know, just mm-hmm. there in the the mountains in the Dangaboon National Forest, and um, so anyway, Susie uh, is is from there, and mm-hmm. um, she graduated from Eastern Kentucky University, mm-hmm. and as I said, uh, moved. She's a uh, educator, okay. um, taught in the public schools for many many years, mm-hmm. and we have one daughter, Callie, who's twenty three, and uh, lives here in Jackson. We're, uh, oh, that's a blessing. Yeah, it is a great blessing. She's getting married this summer. Okay. Um, and so we're excited about that. That's a neat mm. season for us. Yeah. Um, she did her undergraduate work at Baylor. Okay. Um, so she was she, she actually was born when we moved to Baylor and grew up there. And when we left, she became a Baylor student. So, you know, sometimes kids go away to college yeah. and sometimes they the, send their parents away. Yeah. And she sent her parents away. Unique. So, and then she spent a year in New York City okay. um, um, working for a fashion designer up there. Wow. And That's then neat. Um, uh, moved to Jackson um, about June of last year. Mm. So, yeah, we're thrilled she's here and she loves Jackson. Well, Jackson's got a lot to love. Well, with that, we're going to head into our first break. So, from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with uh, with our Jackson home, and I'm here with Dr. Dub Oliver, the president of Union University, my alma mater. Um, Dr. Dub, I'm sure this is going to be a burden for you, but I would love for you to tell our listeners about Union University. I'd be glad to. I love Union. I know you do as well, and so many of the the listeners uh, love Union because of what it means um, to them and what a difference it made in their lives. And you know, I'm so grateful too for the way people in Jackson love love Union. I was at a uh, an event this last weekend, and someone was a realtor in town was just saying how um, what an incredible resource Union is, and um, that she takes new people who are in town by Union. So, what is Union? Of course, people know Union well because of of its um, uh, place in the community. Um, but Union was chartered on February 3rd, 1823, so now almost 200 years old. 
uh, as the Jackson Mel Academy, and so literally its roots are in Jackson. Mm. Um, there were um, a, a number of different efforts related to particularly Baptist higher education. Union is um, a Christ-centered institution, so our, we describe our mission as providing Christ-centered higher education mm -hmm. that's known for excellence and character development mm -hmm. in service to church and society. And uh, we are a Tennessee Baptist institution, uh, grateful for the, the folks of the Tennessee Baptists who have supported Union throughout all of its, all of its history. Uh, certainly very meaningful, and, and certainly um, that's been true of West Tennessee um, as well, and Jackson specifically. Um, so um, uh, this, this last fall we had 3,777 students, so when you describe Union, uh, one of the things I encourage people to say, it's about 4,000 students. Mm -hmm. Um, our home base is Jackson, of course. Mm -hmm. um, we have a campus in Germantown, uh, right outside of Memphis. About 850 students are there. And a campus in Hendersonville, just north of Nashville. Mm -hmm. And about 250 students there. Um, and again, our total is right at 4,000. What Union is at its core is um, an undergraduate institution dedicated to helping young men and young women um, understand um, all of their learning, all of their life from a, both a biblical and a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. And so how to think Christianly about um, their, different, their different callings, whether that's nursing, whether that's um, teaching education, whether that's business, whether that's mm -hmm. um, something in the, in the other medical fields or um, sports or whatever. So the core of Union is our undergraduate experience. Mm -hmm. um, still is. Uh, I pray it always will be mm -hmm. because that's really our strength. Uh, that, that's where we come from, the Christian liberal arts core. Um, and, and, you know, that, that was certainly the case. Um, I, I think people saw that, of course, when, when Union until 1975 was near downtown Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, and since the campus moved north um, in 1975 to um, North Jackson, right off the bypass, you know, the institution has continued to grow and develop, and particularly in our graduate and professional programs. Mm -hmm. And things like our most recent addition, the School of Pharmacy, which is mm -hmm. uh, an incredible addition. Yeah. We offer the doctorate degree in, in pharmacy, and we offer it in nursing, doctor of nurse practitioner and nurse anesthetist. We offer it in education, um, clearly, and we also offer it in ministry, the doctor of ministry degrees. Mm -hmm. And so there's lots of graduate students, about, uh, of those 4,000, about 2,800 are undergraduates and about 1,200 are graduate students. Okay. So a good balance, but still what, we, what we're called to be is an institution that, that really does help to shape the minds and, and therefore then the lives of um, young people who are pursuing their higher education goals. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a lot of things. What are some of the school's strengths? Like what, um, obviously, uh, the strength in the biblical education, that's why I came to Union. Um, I was actually a youth ministry major. That's obviously why I'm doing that now. And But uh, what are some of the school's strengths that you think set it apart from other schools in that in that same vein, you know? Sure. Uh, Baylor is in the Christian tradition as well. What what kind of sets Union apart from some of those other places? Well, when you think about sort of the the, the breadth of um, intentionally Christian institutions that, that still exist, of course, uh, there were many, many who began that way, but who, mm -hmm. who um, somehow at some point stopped that. But there are probably about 140, 150 across the country uh, that are that are intentionally um, Christian. 
And, and then you look for differences in terms of, of um, either geographic differences. So sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. people want to want to stay regionally. Or you look at differences in terms of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, Union certainly has a strength in the liberal arts core. Uh, we've got really strong programs in some of our professional schools, education, mm-hmm. nursing, um, business. Uh, and then also in terms of training um, preachers and ministers, missionaries mm-hmm. uh, would be another key strength. And then I'd say sort of then when you, you sort of dig down further and say, okay, well, what is the what's the focus? And so so a place like Baylor um, that's very strong um, is a different type of institution. It's a research one university, okay. um, meaning that that their focus is on both graduate education and research. It's not that they don't have undergraduate students, but but because we have such a strong focus on the undergraduate experience, all of the classes at Union are taught by professors. Hmm. Uh, they're not taught by teaching assistants or graduate assistants. Uh, they're taught by professors who have uh, a terminal degree in their field, who have yeah. significant experience, and who are focused on that. So it's not, it's not. Um, we're giving you our best um, and our brightest. Essentially, all of our students get the best and the brightest mm-hmm. instead of sort of there being a classification. So, at some places, uh, you might you might find that sort of the top research professors, the top professors, period, don't ever teach undergraduate students. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to be the case at Union. You're going to have that. Yeah. And additionally, because we have a, a, a low student to faculty ratio, our ratio is 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of in, uh, intentionality in terms of mentoring, in yeah. terms of discipleship, in terms of advising, in terms of counseling, um, that, that just doesn't exist at a lot of places. And that would be a differentiator for Union as well. Yeah, that's something I've never really, I, I rec- look back and I'm like, I'm very grateful for that. But I've got friends who go to big state schools that, or went to big state schools that, um, you know, have graduate assistants as all their professors. Right. And so that's just an interesting difference in not being a research. I mean, Union, there is some research that happens there, but it's not the primary focus. Yeah, and I appreciate your saying that, too, because um, sometimes sometimes my saying that can lead people to think that we're not interested in research, and that's mm-hmm. not true. We are interested in research. In fact, you know, you look at the the both the, the things that our professors write and the things mm-hmm. that they're engaged in research. Think about some of our professors in in uh, the School of Pharmacy who are mm-hmm. working on drug discovery related to things like cancer research. It's very powerful and very meaningful. But what we, the way we talk about it is that we want to pursue meaningful research. So research that really helps, helps people flourish, helps people thrive, helps um, really um, advance communities and individuals as opposed to sort of research for research sake. And this is some of the, some of the challenges with higher education more generally is that research focus is like what what difference does that make? And so that's the question that we ask ourselves as well is how is this gonna how is this gonna be meaningful? What's this gonna add in terms of value to mm-hmm. folks? Yeah. As opposed to just pursuing research for research's sake. With the focus on undergraduates, how is the transition like the world seems to be transitioning to like online classes? Yeah. How does union fit into a world where People don't go to classrooms anymore. It's interesting. For in terms of the undergraduate, um, ours is almost all exclusively in person, mm-hmm. um, in a classroom with a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's not that we don't use technology and I, I want to be careful about this. We're not Luddites where we're, we're yeah. rejecting technology. That's not the case, but we use technology to, to enhance that. So the value is that if you're in a finance class and you can talk to someone on wall street, you could literally bring them into the classroom. Or if you're in a missions class, you can literally bring somebody who's in Burkina Faso, for example, into mm-hmm. the class with you to, to have a discussion about something uh, to, en- to enrich it. Um, but what we don't, we, we don't want to pursue is we don't want to give up our model for sort of this hyper-efficient mm-hmm. online um, model. Now, I'm not saying that that's, that doesn't have its place. It's just it's not our model. And so one of the things that we've tried to be really clear about is here's our pedagogical approach. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, for the listeners who don't know... Define pedagogical. Uh, Yeah, our pedagogical approach. The way we do education, the Mm -hmm. way we deliver um, the the content um, is is that we do it in small classes with highly credentialed expert professors. Mm -hmm. In our case, those folks who also have a dynamic faith in Christ. And so, so... what, whereas so much of higher education is saying, you know, we're going to abandon this model, or mm-hmm. or there's people who even even sort of talk about the demise of higher education, the way union does it. We believe there will always be a segment of the population who wants that, who mm-hmm. wants their sons and daughters to come to a place to be mentored, to be discipled, to to have that interaction in a classroom mm-hmm. and to have the the richness of that educational experience. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not that it's not that there aren't um, helpful things about technology, and it's not that that some people can even really make those environments robust. It's just it, it's not going to change the interaction that we have face to face. Yeah, there's definitely something to say. We said for face to face communication, it yeah. it it, uh, it changes the entire equation. And and I think even about like an example, we're here at the Co. Um, and just the collaboration space, like all these people yeah. could do what they do without mm-hmm. being here physically, but creating that space where that, that um, um, you know, whether you call it sort of um, coincidental or divine appointments or just the mm-hmm. synergy that comes from, hey, let me ask Kevin something and it spurs something in you, yeah. maybe even in something that's an unrelated project. You know, there's such value in that. Yeah. Um, that, that that we believe that 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 there will always be a place for for union. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we're, we're not trying to be 40,000 students. We're not even trying to be 15,000 yeah. students. You know, we're trying to be, we're trying to do really well what we do with the students that the Lord gives us. Mm. Now, on, let, me, let me say where, where um, that technology does help. Okay. It helps in graduate education for people who, who have to do it on a schedule that's not our yeah. schedule, mm-hmm. right? And so you think about um, maybe someone in, in Memphis or Nashville um, who, who works at FedEx yeah. uh, or UPS in Nashville, let's just pick competing companies, <laughs> and, um, and, and who have very busy, very busy work schedules and they're just not gonna be able to come on a mm-hmm. Tuesday and a Thursday night regularly. And they need that, that online delivery for them to get what they want. Well, our professors are still the same professors, right? And they're yeah. they're gonna do they're gonna infuse that as much as possible, and so it is really helpful for those for those kind of learners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, what's interesting, we're we're putting in place and have in place these these um, opportunities to interact face to face. 
So even, even in graduate students who have online classes, they want some place where they can come and have this exchange. Maybe it's a problem solving, maybe it's working on a team project, uh, maybe it's even cons uh, consulting with a faculty member, but there's a desire for that even mm -hmm. still. And so um, it, it may be sort of flipped a little bit on the graduate side mm -hmm. where people really need the instruction delivered in a way that's flexible, flexible, mm -hmm. but they still desire the consultation and the collaboration. Mm -hmm. Those, you know, we didn't talk about that question ahead of time, and you nailed it, I think. So, uh, good job, Doug. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, we're going to head into our last break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about union and what its role in our community is moving forward. So, sitting between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home. All right. And we're back to our Jackson home. I'm sitting with the 16th president of Union, Dr. Dub Oliver. Um, Dr. Oliver, you've recently, I mean, it's 18 months. It doesn't seem like recently, I guess, anymore. But in the, I can't get away with that anymore, can the, I? Uh, yeah, you're not the new guy <laughs> anymore, right? But in the grand scheme of things, 18 months sure. isn't a terrible amount of time. Um, talk to me about some of the challenges. I love studying leadership and and I know you do as well. What are what are some of the challenges that you faced coming into a new pres new presidency, where the last president was extremely successful, sure. um, large organization? Um, most people are never get to like observe that, um, let alone live that. And so, what what have, how's that experience been? What are some things that you've noticed? I think the um, the thing that that um, was really helpful is one. Um, Dr. Dockery was very intentional about the transition, you know, mm -hmm. even uh, both symbolically and literally. Symbolically, uh, you might have seen this, but he had a, a red baton that was sitting on his desk, and he said, you know, that when the time came when the board picked someone, he was ready to pass the baton to uh -huh. that person. And so, like, literally right after I was named, he handed that baton <laughs> he had over, a you baton. know. And, That's hilarious. Uh, um, and, and so he, he was thinking about that, and he was preparing particularly the campus community. Um, and I think the, the larger, he was trying to help the larger Jackson community to, to navigate that transition. Again, you know, you, you, um, uh, you, know this, um, you know this well, how beloved he is and what, a, what a, a huge figure he is in Union's life. And so for me, one of the things that, that I wanted to do was to, to honor that because it's, it's honorable and it needs to be mm -hmm. honored. Mm -hmm. And to also try to learn as much as possible. You know, he'd been here 18 years. I mean, the guy knows everything. Yeah. He knows everyone, everyone in town. And so one of the things that we did was during that spring semester, I was named uh, February 10th and started June 1st. And so uh, was up here six different times between those two dates, mm -hmm. um, including spring break. Um, that year was ETBU's spring break was different than Union, so we came and spent a week here just meeting with people, listening to people, and one of the things that, that I had as a goal was to listen and learn. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's so important as when leaders come in new to a place is that they really listen. Mm -hmm. uh, they really hear people's hearts about, about the character of the place, about what it means to them, about, about um, um, where it's going, about what their hopes and aspirations for it are. And so, um, you know, that was really important to me. And so I really spent the first year um, doing that, mm -hmm. really seeking to listen and learn. And, and you know, again, it, it, 
it's uh, the wonderful thing about Union is, I mean, everybody loves it. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. a great place, has a has an incredible reputation, not just in Jackson, but really across the country, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like a lot of times people were like, you know, uh, they picked you, you know. <laughs> so like, oh, no, yeah, Lord, help me. You know, I know you called me here. Help me be up to it. Um but um, David and Lenise were so gracious to, to Susie and me. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, really, the whole community was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I was here uh, for homecoming two weeks after I was named president. And uh, the union, the university had just experienced the death of Olivia Greenlee. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the pain that they were experiencing then. And, and there was a, an event called Union Strong. And, uh, you know, there were banks that had come to help and businesses that had come out to help mm-hmm. and the the uh, city mayor and the county mayor were there, um, you know, loving on students and, mm-hmm. and being there for students. And, and sort of everywhere I turned, people were like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm praying for you. I'm pulling for you. I'll do anything I can for you. And Jackson has really been wonderful in terms of embracing us as new people. Again, um, I think there are some towns who who where it feels this way. It's sort of like if you if you're not from here, you mm. can't you can't get in until you live there like 20 years. Yeah. But Jackson doesn't have that have that sentiment mm-hmm. about it, and it's one of the things that I think is a really great resource uh, about Jackson. Another thing that that was really um, surprised us in a good way is just just how sweet the community is. Just sort of mm. the sweet spirit of the community and. And welcoming people and loving people and and seeking the best for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not perfect, and I'm not trying to hold it out as perfect, yeah. but it is. Uh, there's there's something special about Jackson. You know, I like to think about that because of the, there's so many people of faith here, mm-hmm. um, and that we're sincerely trying to live out our our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pray that we will be people who who care well for one another and and um, love each other well. Mm-hmm. As we've been, as we've been loved. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, what what's upcoming for Union? What's um, you know, sky's the limit. I feel like as sure. an alumni, uh, but I'm, I don't. You know, you probably can't really be a lot of stuff. But what 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 do you see is coming for Union that um, that we'd be excited about? Well, there. Uh, I think there are lots of things, lots of potential for union. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, you know, we just um, approved and have started a new strategic plan. Okay. And uh, there are a couple of things on there that that uh, I would I would um, point out for us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things is expanding enrollment across the university. You know, okay. one of the one of the challenges in higher education is to to um, continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Tennessee last year. Uh, it was about a half percent decline in college age population. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, making sure that we're attracting people not just to to Union, but to Tennessee, you know, I think that's a challenge for, for us. The, as the schools further north and in the northeast, as their population starts to decline, as more people move down here, there's going to be increasing competition from those institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, for our students, and so mm-hmm. uh, being intentional about that, thinking about our programs, thinking about the the uh, offerings that we have in our programs that are attractive to to uh, young people as well as graduate students. Mm-hmm. An example of uh, a new program is a psychiatric nurse practitioner track. Okay. Um, there's some pretty significant needs for mental health mm-hmm. um, professionals, and um, so we're opening a new track in psychiatric nurse practitioner. This is at the graduate level, okay. uh, actually the doctoral level, but um, that will each year that will then be producing 
um, eight or nine new nurse practitioners who can help in the mental health profession. So that's that's an exciting. So thinking yeah. about different pockets like that, sort of um, everywhere across the university, in ways that we can be successful. Another um, kind of exciting thing is people think about buildings, and since we just finished the, the library, the library yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of questions about what's next, mm-hmm. and and we'll see. But one of the things that's in the strategic plan is to do a new campus master plan. Mm. The last campus master plan was done about 20 years ago, and essentially we've built everything, everything on that, on that, yeah. on that master plan. And so, you know, thinking about um, what will the campus look like 20 years from now mm. and, and dreaming about that. And, um, you know, we, we certainly have some needs, um, and um, we'll see, you know, kind of what, what donor interest is in some of those and, and which ones go first. And So if you want to donate a building. We'd be glad to talk to you. All right. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> Every, uh, listeners. Every listeners. listener in this podcast that is capable of donating a building to Union, please call them. And then one other, <laughs> yeah, please, please do. Um, 731-661-5180. <laughs> Um, I, uh, another um, strategic um, theme that we're pursuing is bearing witness to the transforming power of the gospel. And this isn't something new for Union. I mean, obviously we've been, uh, we've been uh, Christ-centered from the beginning, but as the culture shifts in the United States um, and there are some increasing threats to religious liberty and mm-hmm. religious institutions, making sure that we are... Um, both faithful to God's word and to to um, to Christ, mm-hmm. and also doing it in a way that is is loving and caring and grace filled, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's going to be that's going to be challenging for us in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. And we want to be we want to be people who lead well in that way, and who um, provide resources for churches and for for others who want to who want to to live similarly. Um, and so I, I'm really hopeful that Union will be um, a standard bearer in that over the next few years. That's pretty neat. Yeah. It's good visions. Um, well, Dub, as we come to a close here, what are just a couple things people can do to support Union? Um, well, I, there are a few things that I always say. Other than say. the building. <laughs> Seven three one six six one fifty one eighty. No, seriously. Here's here are the things that I ask uh, I ask people to do for union. The first is pray for union. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things I say is people are like you know um, what 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 should I do? Well, just drive down the street. When you're driving down the street, you'll see a car that has a union bumper sticker, mm-hmm. or a union license plate. Just take that as a prompting and pray for union. Just mm-hmm. offer up a quick prayer for union. Don't close your eyes. But just pray <laughs> a Keep quick driving. prayer for union that, that it would be the institution that God intends it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a second thing is to say a good word about union. I'm amazed that people don't know union. Uh, even even in West Tennessee, there are people who don't know union. So tell people about union. Tell people about the institutions in your hometown. Tell them that. Tell them how proud you are of them. We might also need to get those people a TV, but. Well, no, I was I, seriously. I did a, a session at a Baptist church in in Shelby County, big Baptist church, and I had the eleventh and twelfth graders um, during during the Sunday school hour. Good recruiting. Age. Good recruiting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like we got all these, and so I do my whole spiel. I mean, I was like, you know, nailed it. This was good. Eleventh um, uh, uh, grader raised her hand and she says. Can you tell me where Union is? And I was just like, Oh no! I mean, this young woman could throw a rock basically and yeah. hit us, you yeah. know. 
And so it reminded me that we've got to, and that's what the thing, you know, if we'll, it's the same for any, anything in Jackson, you know, if we'll just say good things about our community and the institutions in the community, it's going to be so much better for all of us. And then, um, a third thing is is to to tell young people that you know to look at Union. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got so many great students who who uh, are from Jackson and and we do really well here. And I just want to encourage people: have your kids visit Union, have mm-hmm. them do a college day at Union. Um, so a lot of times, young people say, "I want to get away for college." Listen, I'll tell you: when they move to campus, yeah, they are going to be away. I mm-hmm. promise. They're you know they'll they'll go home if they want, but the parents will be calling me saying. They're never coming home. I want them to come <laughs> home. Um, and, it, and it is a great institution. So if you've got um, young people that you know, encourage them to, to look at Union. At least look at Union. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad that I did. I'm glad and you did, too. And they didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> um, well, Dr. Dub, it has been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you for making the time to come be with us on the podcast. And uh, thank you for uh, choosing to make Jackson home. And you're helping make it to be a better place, and I'm grateful for that. My pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Well, you've been listening to our Jackson Home podcast, and uh, stay tuned and stay subscribed, and there'll be more in the future. Today's podcast was hosted by uh, Kevin Adelsberger. It was recorded and edited by me as well. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. And to find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. And to find out more and read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit rjacksonhome.com.